Letter twenty eight of Clarissa Harlowe, Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Clarissa Harlowe, Volume two, by Samuel Richardson. Letter twenty eight. Miss Howe to Miss Clarissa Harlowe, Friday noon, March thirty first. Justice obliges me to forward this after my last on the wings of the wind, as I may say. I really believe the man is innocent. Of this one accusation I think he must be acquitted, and I am sorry I was so forward in dispatching away my intelligence by halves. I have seen the girl. She is really a very pretty, a very neat, and, what is still a greater beauty, a very innocent young creature. He who could have ruined such an undersigned home-bred must have been indeed infernally wicked. Her father is an honest, simple man, entirely satisfied with his child, and with her new acquaintance. I am almost afraid for your heart when I tell you that I find— now I have got to the bottom of this inquiry, something noble come out in this Lovelace's favour. The girl is to be married next week, and this promoted and brought about by him. He is resolved, her father says, to make one couple happy, and wishes he could make more so. There's for you, my dear. And she professes to love, he has given her an hundred pounds. The grandmother actually has it in her hands, to answer to the like sum given to the youth by one of his own relation, while Mr. Lovelace's companion, attracted by the example, has given twenty-five guineas to the father, who is poor, towards clothes to equip the pretty rustic. Mr. Lovelace and his friend, the poor man says, when they first came to his house, affected to appear as persons of low degree. But now he knows the one, but mentioned it in confidence, to be Colonel Barrow, the other Captain Sloan. The Colonel he owns was at first very sweet upon his girl, but her grandmother's begging of him to spare her innocence, he vowed that he never would offer anything but good counsel to her. He kept his word, and the pretty fool acknowledged that she never could have been better instructed by the minister himself from the Bible-book. The girl pleased me so well that I made her visit to me worth her while. But what, my dear, will become of us now? Lovelace not only reformed, but turned preacher? What will become of us now? Why, my sweet friend, your generosity is now engaged in his favour. Fie upon this generosity! I think in my heart that it does as much mischief to the noble-minded as love to the ignobler. What before was only a conditional liking, I am now afraid will turn to liking unconditional. I could not endure to change my invective into panegyric all at once, and so soon. We, or such as I at least, love to keep ourselves in countenance for a rash judgment, even when we know it to be rash. Everybody has not your generosity in confessing a mistake. It requires a greatness of soul, frankly, to do it. So I made still further inquiry after his life and manner, and behaviour there, in hopes to find something bad but all uniform. Upon the whole, Mr. Lovelace comes out with so much advantage from this inquiry, that were there the least room for it, I should suspect the whole to be a plot set on foot to wash a black moor white. Adieu, my dear. Anna Howe End of Letter 28